Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Money Answer Show, this is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Tom Wheelwright. He is a CPA and the founder and CEO of ProVision, which is a premier strategic CPA firm. Uh, he's been responsible for innovating new tax, business, and wealth strategy services for his clientele for about 30 years. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Tom. Yes, how are you doing? Okay, great to be with you. Uh, let's just, I here. mentioned briefly, just, just why don't you give a little bit of background on uh, your CPA firm and your experience getting you to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, yeah, I started like, uh, like most CPAs do. I, I, I've got a master's degree from the University of Texas in Austin, and then I, uh, Spent seven years in the big four uh, accounting firm, uh, Ernst & Young, uh, including three years in their national office, and then uh, four years as the in-house tax advisor for a Fortune 500 company before I started my own firm about 17 years ago. So I've been doing this a very long time, and uh, absolutely, I, I, I love taxes. I love what taxes can do for people, and uh, you know, one of my, my primary jobs is to make taxes fun, easy, and understandable. You've also done a book called Tax-Free Wealth, How to Build Massive Wealth by Permanently Lowering Your Taxes, which we're going to get into in some detail. Let's start at a broader level here and give us a sense of the overall ability of people to uh, cut their taxes legitimately using the tax code, different from what most people think may be possible today. Thank you. Um, the, the tax law, contrary to what people um, commonly believe, the tax law is not there to penalize you and punish you and try to take as much money as it can from you. Quite the contrary. There's only about 30 pages of the tax law that actually raises taxes. There's one line that uh, in the tax law that says uh, basically everything's taxable unless we say it isn't. And then there's about 29 pages of charts and, and uh, tables to tell you what the rate of tax you should pay. But the rest of it, there's about 5,800 pages total in the tax code itself, not counting the regulations or the rules or the cases or anything like that. Those are millions and millions of pages. But just the tax law itself, there's about 5,800 pages. But of that 5,800 pages, like I said, only 30 pages is, is there to raise revenue. The other 5,770 pages is basically a roadmap to show you how to reduce your taxes. Because the, the tax law is fundamentally... A, a series of incentives for entrepreneurs and investors. That's, that's how the tax law is written. And we're not talking about loopholes here. We're talking about the entire purpose of the tax law is to, um, is to really, uh, create uh, a better economy. It's, it's there for Congress to tell people where they want you to put your money and to reward you for putting it where they want you to put it. Has this worked? I mean, has it in fact helped, uh, stimulate businesses and get entrepreneurs to make successful businesses? Oh, my heavens. Um, uh, on, on average, when, when we bring in a new client, uh, my, my firm is called ProVision, and we operate all over the world. And uh, when we bring in a new client, typically within three months or less, we can permanently reduce an entrepreneur's or investor's taxes by 10 to 40% within three months. I mean, it's, it's, it's just that's how – if you understand how the tax law works – and, and that's really the fundamental here is it's about education, and that's what you guys are about. That's what we're about. It's about understanding how it really works. And once you get that, once you really kind of hold, 
get that whole concept of how it works and you have a good advisor that, to help you with it, you, everybody, everybody who's a serious investor now, I, I'm going to repeat, it takes a serious investor or an entrepreneur. You've got to have a business or you have to be an active investor to reduce your taxes. Somebody who has a W-2 job and that's all they've got and they put their money in mutual funds, um, basically you're screwed. I mean, there's just not much we can do for you. So um, overall, what do people fear about their financial uh, situation and how could that be changed if they use the tax code better? Well, I, I, I think that uh, most people are scared to death of finances, and I think it's the financial services industry that's caused that. It was, interestingly enough, I was, uh, <laughs> I'm in Hawaii right now. I'm on, vac- on vacation with my son, and we were uh, ziplining the other day over Umamo Falls, and uh, we, uh, it happened to be that uh, one of the uh, couples that was with us uh, ziplining, he's a financial planner. And I was telling them, I said, you know, I really think the financial services industry is what keeps people scared to death of money. And he, he, he agreed with me, which kind of surprised me because he sells mutual funds. And, uh, and that's what we're seeing is that people are afraid of money really because the financial services industry wants you to be afraid of money because if you're afraid of money, then you have to give it to them because they're smarter than you. But the, the reality is, is money is fairly simple. It's a very, they're very simple concepts, and the tax law is fairly simple. Conceptually, it's fairly simple. Um, you know, the, once you get the context or the thought process behind the tax law, you can reduce your taxes. Once you get the thought process behind making money, you can always make money. So it's real, it's not that difficult, but it does take some fundamental education to get there, and, and that's why, you know, that's why I do shows like this, and that's why I'm out speaking a lot is because I want people to understand that it's not that difficult. You can do it. In the first chapter of your book, you talk about taxes are stealing your money, your time, and your future. <laughs> How can you rearrange things so that they're not stealing your money, time, and future? Well, so, so, so I, I, did a little, um, I did a little analysis. I'm an, I am an accountant after all, right? So I like numbers. And uh, I did this little analysis and figured that over a lifetime – that the average person will spend 20 years of their life working just to pay taxes. 20 years of your life. I mean, you know, outside of the tax law, we call that prison. You know, and so, so the, the goal of tax-free wealth is to, to teach every, everybody, really, and everybody can do this. I mean, it's, very, it's really not that difficult. The, the purpose of tax-free wealth is to teach everybody that you can reduce your prison sentence. And it's, it's just not that difficult once you understand the concepts. And the basic concepts are, you, we have to change our focus. Um, you know, I think accountants are, my profession is, is very much at fault here too, is I, I think that we tend to scare people with IRS audits and, oh, the IRS is bad and, and they're, they're terrible. And I gotta tell you, I have not found that. I mean, yeah, there are some tough IRS auditors. I mean, you know, I deal with IRS auditors on a fairly regular basis because we've got a fairly large firm. So, um, but but I find that there are people trying to do their job, and my job is to help them do their job. And and I think that once people understand that and understand that the tax law doesn't have to be something to be afraid of, then you you can start taking control of your life and until you until you overcome fear. Um, it's it's a little tough to, you know, to move forward. So that, that's really the job of the book is to help you overcome that fear. 
You even say in chapter two that taxes are fun, uh, easy, and understandable. That seems to go against what most people think. How can taxes be fun, easy, and understandable? <laughs> well, I can actually I can prove they're fun. If you just uh, you just write down the word R E F U N D refund, and fun's right in the middle of it, and everybody loves a refund. And I know that's kind of a corny joke, but you know I am an accountant, so I'm entitled to a corny joke. Um, but but taxes really are. For, first of all, for me, they're fascinating because they're very creative. The, the tax law. People think of the tax law and they think they're written by accountants. The tax law is not written by accountants; it's written by attorneys. And there's a fundamental difference between the way accountants think and the way attorneys think. Attorneys tend to think in a in a little more kind of right-brained. Um, non-linear fashion, and the, the challenge that people have is, and, and this is true for accountants, is that they're relying on accountants, and accountants tend to be very left-brained. They tend to be very linear, you know, progressive, and, you know, A plus B equals C, that kind of a thing. And the tax law doesn't work that way. The tax law, you have to understand all the tax law, and the, the whole purpose of tax-free wealth is to give you that fundamental understanding so that it can be, I mean, that is the purpose of that book, to make it fun, because, you know, really taxes should not be that difficult. They can be fun because they're, they're not that difficult. Can they be easy? I totally think so. You know, um, I quote Einstein in the book that uh, the hardest thing to understand is income tax. And uh, I quote that just because it makes me feel good that I understand something that Einstein had trouble with. But, um, but the reality is it's, it's not that difficult. The reason it's that difficult is because people make it that difficult. It's because, you know, tax advisors make it that difficult. You know, the IRS makes it that difficult. I mean, the IRS, let's face it, they're not your friends, but that's why you have good tax advisors, and that's why you, you start to understand that the tax law can help you. The tax law is a roadmap. It, it will teach you how to, how to you know, every, almost every single expense you have, has a uh, possibility of being deducted. Almost every single expense, once you understand what's required in order for it to be deducted, then you can make changes to your facts and circumstances so it can be deducted. But there's just literally thousands of opportunities, and, and they're, they're, really, they're really, it's fundamentally understanding how that works. One of the uh, strategies you talk about is to invest where you travel, so how can a lot of your travel expenses, which in the past might not have been deductible, be deductible? Well, so for example, um, let's say that uh, you were you, you lived in Arizona, and I, I give this example in the book. Let's say you live in Arizona, and you like traveling to New Mexico because New Mexico is a beautiful place. Um, there are parts of it just, I mean, there's mountains and trees, and it, it, it's beautiful. And let's say that you decide I want to I want to deduct my travel to New Mexico. Well, in order for a, an expense to be deductible, it has to have three things. It has to have a business purpose, it has to be ordinary, and it has to be necessary. And ordinary means that it's typical for your in your business to have that expense, and uh, necessary means that the purpose of you spending that money is to make more money. So very simple. Um, it has a business purpose, which is, you know, it's, I mean, your intent of going there was for business. You have, it's ordinary. In other words, it's typical, so it's not extravagant or it's not off the wall, right? And it's, and it's necessary, meaning that the purpose of the expense is to actually make money. So let's say that your business were real estate. And when you go to, to New Mexico, 
you then spend more than 50% of your time looking at real estate and actually and actually examining real estate. And you have to spend more than 50% of an eight-hour day, okay? So that's four hours and one minute, okay? Yeah. And then the rest of the time, you can do whatever you want. But you got to that's got to be your primary purpose. You do that, all of a sudden, now you're expense and you and you do all the substantiation. You, you know, you got to follow all the rules, and, and we show you how to do that. But And that's what tax advisors are for. But when you follow all those rules, and then that deduction, now that expense, instead of being non-deductible, now it's deductible, and who knows? You may find a deal while you're at it. But that's the main thing. You have to have a legitimate business experience and business uh, – um, you're trying to earn a profit. You have to have the intention to earn a profit. Otherwise, it's a yeah. hobby, and hobbies are not deductible, right? Right. No, no, no question. I mean, the IRS is all over hobbies. Um, that's why they don't like Schedule C. Schedule C is where you, um, and I hate Schedule Cs. Um, a Schedule C is the form that you report a sole proprietorship on, on your tax return. And I, I absolutely hate Schedule Cs. For one thing, they'll increase your likelihood of an audit by four to five times if you have a Schedule C. And for the other, is it's just sloppy bookkeeping. And it kind of gives you gives me the impression that you don't know what you're doing. I mean, if you've got a Schedule C, unless it's a really just startup business, my impression when I see a Schedule C is this person does not have good advice and does not know what they're doing from a business standpoint. And that's the IRS's impression. So, yeah, you, you're, you're exactly right. You have to have a real a real business. You have to have a real and, – and that business could be – Real estate investing, that business could be an internet business, it could be a service business. I mean, there's all sorts of businesses, but you're absolutely right. If, if, if you think that, okay, well, I'm, I, I work at my job, you know, eight to ten hours a day, and that's what I do, and I get a W-2, and then I'm gonna have this little business on the, on the side, and I'm gonna spend $30,000 years in deductions, and I'm gonna have $1,000 of income. You know what, that is gonna shut you down so fast. I mean, your head will spin because yeah. that's not a legitimate business. You're not trying to make money. But the thing is, is that think about it on, on, from a different perspective. Let's say that okay, but I'm. Let's try to make money. What's wrong with making money? M- making money doesn't have to be drudgery. I mean, people think of, of making money as drudgery because they don't like their job. But business is so much fun. I mean, you and I are in business. It's fun. You know, yeah. it's it's not drudgery. It's something that you want to do, and so now we can actually enjoy what we're doing and get the tax benefits. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Tom Wheelwright. Uh, he is a CPA uh, based in uh, Tempe, Arizona. Uh, he's the founder of ProVision, which is a CPA firm and author of a book called Tax-Free Wealth. We'll be back after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. 
Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and is the co-founder of BR Public Relations, who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to The Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Tom Wheelwright. He is a CPA, uh, the founder and CEO of a company called ProVision, uh, which is based in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, and he's done a new book called Tax-Free Wealth. Welcome back to the show, Tom. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Uh, give us uh, the website so people can find out more about you, both for your firm and the book. Uh, go to uh, taxfreewealthbook.com, taxfreewealthbook.com, and uh, you can learn all about the book and uh, learn about us from, from there. And how about for your firm? Uh, that is provisionwealth.com, P-R-O-V-I-S-I-O-N, Wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H dot com. That's our firm's website. And, and what can they find at that site? Uh, they'll find out uh, all about our services. And we have literally hundreds of pages of information, free information about taxes. Um, I also have a blog um, under uh, Tom Wheelwright dot uh, 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 com. So I, there's, a, there's a blog, too. I blog uh, regularly and give answers to uh, typical tax questions. Very good. So lots of resources. You have a chapter in your book called The Two Most Important Rules of Taxes. One of we've talked about is the tax laws written to reduce your taxes, but what is the other main rule? Oh, you gotta remind me. Don't <laughs> what is the other main rule? Your main rule is it's your money, not the government's. There you go. It's your money, that, not that the government. That is your government. rule number one. I like it. <laughs> I love it when I like what I wrote, you know? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so how does that change one's view of taxes if you think it's your money, not the government's? Well, you got, you know, the, there's this, we're, we kind of, it feels sometimes that we're moving, uh, well, it doesn't just feel, I mean, it's pretty obvious we're moving away from it's our money and we're contributing to the government to it's the government's money and they're lucky to let us have any. You know, that, that, that's a, a, it's a capitalist versus a socialist viewpoint. And the tax law is written from a capitalist viewpoint. It's not written from a socialist viewpoint. And you, understand that all of your money is yours. Now, you have an obligation to pay taxes. But if there's a tax benefit, don't think that that's some kind of a loophole. You know, that the, the biggest mistake, one of the biggest mistakes I think people make with taxes is that they have this feeling that, 
Um, boy, if, if there's a tax benefit, that's a loophole, and, and that's something that was unintended, and, 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 and you're, you're un-American to take advantage of tax benefits. And it's just to the opposite. It's just exactly contrary to that is how the tax law is written. The tax law is written to provide benefits. And basically, if you follow, if you do what the tax law tells you to do, which will get you the benefits, right, then you're actually doing what Congress tells you to do, and you're by far more patriotic. So, for example, the uh, tax law gives you lots. There's huge incentives for investing in oil and gas. Uh, this is this is one of my favorite incentives because I'm an oil and gas guy. I went to school in Texas, and so if you if you actually invest in oil and gas, you get tax benefits. Well, why would the government do that? The government does that because they want you. To, they want to generate more oil and gas domestically. In other words, they want to they want to re- reduce our reliance on foreign oil. Well, that makes sense. Everybody would say, yeah, well, that makes sense. Well, so the government, in order to do that, it's risky to invest in oil and gas. You could hit a dry hole. You know, you, you can, you can um, drill down. I had experience once. I, we drilled down. We knew there was oil there. We actually proved there was oil there, and we couldn't get to it. So it's risky. So the government says, but we still want you to put your money there. So we'll help you. We'll give you a, this big tax benefit if you put your money there. If you'll take the risk, we'll take it with you. And, and that's what it is. The, the government is willing to partner with you on these tax benefits um, in order to get you to do what they want you to do. That's, that's the whole idea here. Is that okay. The, the government is, is really wanting to be your partner and encourage you to do certain things. And that's why I say it's your money. You know, remember that it's, it starts out. It's your money. It's not the government. And so it's okay for you to take advantage of tax benefits. One specific strategy you talk about is having to do with setting up limited liability companies, and you say it's important to elect how your limited liability company will be taxed. What are some of the different choices there, and what is the most advantageous depending on the circumstances? Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. Um, what, what's interesting to me is that so few accountants and attorneys even today know this. I mean, it's been around for 25 years. Uh, a limited liability company is a company that protects you from people who want your money other than the IRS, especially. Like, uh, you know, if a tenant wants to sue you, you know, it, it protects you to, to keep them from getting too much money. Uh, a limited liability company is, is great from an asset protection standpoint. And I, I do a whole chapter later in the book, I do a whole chapter on asset protection. And, and one of my... Um, uh, co-rich dad advisors, Garrett Sutton, uh, has an entire book on asset protection. And, uh, uh, the, the thing though about a limited liability company is that, you know, people have heard of S corporations, they've heard of C corporations, they've heard of partnerships and limited partnerships, but what they don't realize is, is that a limited liability company can be taxed any way we want it to be taxed. So we could have a limited liability company that's taxed as a sole proprietorship. We can have one that's taxed as a partnership. We could have one taxed as a limited partnership. We could have a limited liability company taxed as an S corporation or a C corporation. What type of entity you use for your business and your investing will have a huge impact on your taxes. I would say probably 50% of the tax, the permanent tax planning we do revolves around your choice of entity 
and it's the choice of entity from a tax standpoint, and that's the key here, is that a limited liability company is an entity that is a legal entity in your state, and it's there to protect you from people who want your money, okay, that aren't shouldn't be able to get it. And that's what the limited liability company is for, but you have to make an election to tax it a certain way, and you can elect it any way you want. So there's a lot of flexibility. I'm a big believer when it comes to tax planning and, and creating wealth that the more flexibility you have, the better off you are. Because the one thing, the only thing we know for certain is that tomorrow our life will change. So and is it almost so always have, better to have an LLC compared to a subchapter S or a subchapter C or sole proprietorship? LLC is almost always preferred? Almost always better, and the reason is for asset protection. It has nothing to do with taxes because for tax purposes, an LLC taxes an S-corporation and a corporation taxes an S-corporation are identical. There is no difference under the law whatsoever. Okay, so it's, the reason we use an LLC is merely for asset protection purposes, but it's so much better from an asset protection standpoint than your typical corporation in most states. So in most states, we'll, we will we will prefer to use an LLC over a corporation, but we'll, we may still elect to tax it as an S-corporation or a C-corporation. Another of your tax strategies is to deduct meals, and a lot of people don't seem to realize they can deduct meals. When is it legitimate and when is it not legitimate to deduct meals? Well, this goes back to our discussion about um, the crowd, the, you know, the same discussion about travel, and that is when, when you're having a business discussion – you know, again, it's got to have a business purpose, be ordinary and necessary. But let me let me give you an example that most people, uh, I think, I see a lot of people miss. Let's say you own a business, okay, and and your spouse does not own the business, okay. Your spouse has a W two job, does something else, but you go to dinner with your spouse, say once a week. I have never met a business owner that did not have business discussions with their spouse over dinner every time. And they're legitimate business discussions. Um, you know, I, I mean, your, your, your spouse might be a music teacher, and yet your spouse, you'll, you'll have a business discussion with your spouse because you want their feedback. You want to bounce something off of somebody who doesn't have anything to do with your business. I mean, the, the, the challenge with being a business owner is who do you talk to? You know, I mean, you can talk to your employees only so much, but there are certain things that you need somebody, uh, somebody that's a confidant, somebody that you can actually talk to and have a really good, honest discussion about your business. And I, I think that most business owners, when they go to dinner, all, I mean, most of them, 90% of the time, they're having some kind of business discussion. And in that case, that's going to be a deductible. That, that's potentially deductible. You have to keep track of the records and everything, but that could absolutely be deductible, even if your spouse has nothing is not involved in the business. But they have to be there. I mean, they have to be getting their opinion as part of that discussion, and it has to be documented so that you show absolutely. that there is business discussion. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you, you have to document. I mean, that's one of the things that your advice, your tax advisor is for. That's, that's one of the things we help our clients with is to, you know, show them how to document and keep track of their documentation and how to do that. But once you learn how to do that, it's really, it's pretty simple. And, uh, we have some pretty nice little tools to, to help people do that. And, uh, but yeah, you do. You have to have a legitimate business discussion before, during, or after the meal. And the same is true for entertainment. I mean, you can, you can deduct a ball game 
you know, if you're if you're talking about business before, during, or after the ball game, um, and 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 the reason, remember, it has to be necessary. So the reason to have that that meal or the reason to go to that ball game is to build your business. So that's why if you take a client to a ball game and you talk about business at the ball game, you can't just take them to the ball game. You can't just give them the tickets. By the way, okay, that that's a gift. Okay, what you have to do is you actually have to go to the ball game, have a business discussion, either before at a meal or after at a meal or during the ball game, and then it's deductible. Yeah. You also say you can put your family to work in your business and investing to be able to generate deductions. What are the rules around that? Well, that's one of my favorite things. So here's the thing. You think about it and you go, well, you know, 150 years ago, we were an agrarian society. You know, we were, we were farmers. And so we loved having, we had as many children as possible because they were assets. I mean, they worked on the farm. So, you know, we wanted to have lots of kids and, and have lots of assets. Now, I mean, our kids have turned from assets into liabilities. We're in the information age, so now they're just liabilities. They just take money out of our pocket, right? So what I love is, is that, that there is one aspect of your children, though, that you can turn into an asset, and that is that they are a taxpayer, and they have tax brackets, and they have rules that apply to them. And so there are lots of ways to reduce your taxes. And I go through this in the book in, in, in quite a bit. And I, I actually go through it even more when I, I teach my uh, rich dad um, education class once a month. And we go in depth into how to use your children to reduce your taxes because they, you can turn your children into an asset, which I love because, man, I've got children in outside taxes. They're not much of an asset right now because they're just draining my, my pocketbook with their you know schooling and everything. But, okay. but from a tax standpoint, they're just great because they provide tremendous tax benefits. But it's a, it's probably more than we can get into here. But just remember that your children, you can turn them into assets because they are taxpayers. And anytime you have a taxpayer, you can, you, you can. I mean, there's just tremendous opportunities to reduce taxes. Whether you're paying them, whether they're owning part of your business, there's lots of ways to do that. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Tom Wheelwright. He's a CPA, uh, the founder of Provision. And he uh, has a book out called Tax-Free Wealth, How to Build Massive Wealth Permanently by Lowering Your Taxes. We'll be back after this. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. 
Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Rivez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Tom Wheelwright. He is a CPA, uh, the founder of ProVision, which is a CPA firm based in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, His website is taxfreewealthbook.com and ProVisionWealth.com. Welcome back to the show, Tom. Thanks, Jordan. Great to be here. You talk about all the different ways people can deduct things to avoid taxes. Uh, One is to be an active investor or a passive investor. Tell us the difference between those two, and what are some of the deductions you can take for each? Well, here's the thing. When when you're – this is why I I say that. If you're a um, typical investor, I mean – People think they're investing when they put money in a mutual fund. And putting money in a mutual fund uh, won't get you a tax deduction. That's, you know, those are the people that probably need to rely on a 401K or an IRA or something like that. Um, and the best they're going to do is defer taxes to a later year. But um, we actually don't spend much time at all talking about deferring taxes because deferring is postponing. And if we can talk about this just for a minute here, Jordan, uh, this is an important difference between um, really what we do and what, what we recommend versus the rest of the world. Um, most of the world, their idea of tax benefit is a 401K, and that's a very, um, very passive investor. I mean, you have no control over your assets in a 401K. You, um, you put your money in. The government tells you how much you can put in. Uh, yes, your employer may match you. But I'm going to tell you that even then, it's not, that's, that's not going to do it for you. Um, and then they tell you where you can put it and they tell you how much you can take out, when you can take it out and what tax you pay. That's a, that's a totally what I call not even a passive investor. That's an inactive investor. Okay. That's somebody who is really 80% of the public. Um, easily is what I call an inactive investor. They have turned the money over to somebody else, and now they're worried. They're worried about the stock market. They're worried about what's going on because they have no control over their money. Okay? And and they're just postponing their taxes. And let's face it. If you postpone your taxes, if your goal is to retire poor, if your goal is to retire on less money than you make now, then you absolutely, a 401K works great. You know, as long as you're comfortable putting it in the stock market. But if you're not, if you want to retire making at least as much money as you make now, 
then a 401k is a terrible idea or an IRA is a terrible idea, a regular IRA. And the reason is is because you're going to be in a higher tax bracket when you retire than you are now. You're not going to have a lot of the deductions that we're talking about here. You're not going to have your business going on. You're not, your children aren't going to, be, you know, hopefully they'll be moved out if you're lucky. And, uh, and, and so you're, you're really not, you're going to, you're almost always going to be in a higher tax bracket. On top of that, um, you think about what types of, uh, uh, tax rate do you have? And when you pull money out of a 401k, it's always taxed at your ordinary income rate, which is your highest tax rate. Whereas if you were to invest in the stock market outside of a 401k, then your taxes would at most right now be at a 15% tax rate, whereas inside a 401k, when you pull it out, you're at a 35 to 40% tax rate. So you're actually postponing into a much higher tax bracket by investing through a 401k. And that's what I call an inactive investor. And then what we have is on the other extreme is the active investor. And the active investor, this is somebody who is totally involved in their investing. So let's say that they're investing in real estate. I mean, they're actually finding the properties. They're they're hiring the property manager. They're uh, making sure that the properties, you know, get get fixed up, they're, they're hiring the contractors. I mean, they are an active investor, and those guys make a ton of money. I mean, once you get the, the real active investors, I mean, they're, clear, they're easily making 30 to 40% on their money, and if you're doing it in something like real estate or in gas, it's tax-free money. I mean, a, a good real estate investor should never, ever pay taxes on the income from their, their properties or from on the gains when they sell their properties. Never, ever, ever should they pay taxes. If you're, if you're a real estate investor and you're paying taxes on your, uh, real, on your rental income or on your, um, on your, on your gains from your sales, then we need to talk because, uh, you, you shouldn't be doing that. That's a real active investor. And the tax law is really geared towards the real active investor. And there are just tremendous tax benefits. Then there's a third category that I call the passive investor. And this is somebody who is, they're investing in pretty big deals, and they're pretty knowledgeable. Um, they're fairly sophisticated investors. In fact, there are some rules for the SEC lays down for the, the passive investor. Um, for the most part, you have to be um, you, you have to have a million dollars of uh, net worth, or you have to be making two to three hundred thousand dollars a year. So th- those are the passive investors, and passive investors. And also, with good tax planning, they can actually take their taxes down to zero as well. So the active and passive investors are both great. It's the inactive investors that absolutely get hammered, Jordan. You have a whole chapter in depreciation saying it's the king of all deductions. Briefly, what is the magic of depreciation, and uh, when can you take it legitimately? Oh, man, you ask good questions. Depreciation, here's how depreciation works. You buy, you buy a property, a, a piece of real estate. And you think about what you're buying. You're buying the land. You're buying the building. You're buying everything that's on the land, like the lighting and the, and the sidewalks and the landscaping. And then you're buying everything that's inside the building. Okay. Like the, the window coverings and the carpet and, and the cabinetry and the fixtures and all that kind of stuff. Well, everything except for the land is going to wear out. I mean, at some point, it will wear out. And so the government gives you a deduction for the wear and tear on your property, and that deduction is called depreciation. And the cool thing about it is that 
you get depreciate you get depreciation even if the property goes up in value. So you can have a um, uh, you know you can you can you can buy a house right now. I mean, Jordan, I'm, I'm sure you know there. I mean, there are there are properties all over this all over the U.S. that yeah. are really for sale. I mean, there are such deep discounts, and you can get such good rents on them, and yet. And they're going to go up in value. I mean, everybody knows they're going to go up in value and in price. And yet, you still get a depreciation deduction for them. And what's more, here's here's the cool thing. I, always, I talk a lot about debt, using debt for your for investing. And the reason is is that one of the reasons is that let's say that you buy a house and you pay a hundred thousand dollars for that house, and that house, um, let's say the land is twenty thousand and the building is eighty thousand. Then let's say that uh, um, so you're gonna let, let's say you put down twenty thousand dollars on that house and the bank puts in eighty thousand on that property. Okay. Okay. Well, you get so so you only put in twenty thousand, but you get the depreciation on the entire property. You get the bank's depreciation. So not only are you leveraging your rent, but you're also leveraging your, and, and your gains, but you're also leveraging your tax benefits. So debt plays a very big role in tax reduction. But remember, uh, I, I encourage all our, all of our listeners here to remember that debt is a two-edged sword, and you must have the education. You must learn how to use debt. And I'm sure you've had people on the show, Jordan, that talk about debt um, and how to use it. Um, and and that is it, it's such a powerful tool, but. But people don't often think there's also a powerful tool for tax benefits, and that's and that's the magic of depreciation is that you can get all of you, you can have a positive cash flow and have a loss on your tax return from your real estate that you can actually use to offset income from other sources, from your job or from your business. So, so you can use those losses. You're saying you can offset regular income with losses from a real estate investment, for example. Exactly, all because of depreciation, and it's and it, and you still going to have positive cash flow. So you have positive cash flow, but from a tax standpoint, you have a loss, and you actually get a tax benefit. I mean, that's like that, that's why I call it magic. I mean, it's like, wow, I mean, this is so cool that the government gives this to us. You, you have a, a chapter called Earn Better Income. We talk about the different buckets of money, uh, earned income, ordinary income, investment income, uh, gift and inheritance income, and passive income. We don't have time at the moment to get into all of them, but how do you decide where you want your income to go amongst these different buckets? Well, uh, you know, the, the, the first thing you have to do is you, you really have to have a good wealth strategy. Um, and, and a wealth strategy is, is a plan of action intended to accomplish your dreams and your goals. And once you have that wealth strategy, so you know what type of investing you're doing, you know what you're going to invest in, you're going to know how you're going to invest, who you're going to do it with, and obviously this takes education, but don't be afraid. It's not that difficult, and there's plenty of education out there, okay? Um, the class that I teach for Rich Dad is, is part of that education. This show is part of that education. I mean, Jordan's show is, is part of that education about, you know, how to, how to build wealth. But once you have a good strategy, a good plan of action, then you can determine what you do from a, from a, from a tax standpoint in order to build that wealth, and and um, there's there's just so much um, uh, to be able to do with um, 
you know, with what type of income you have. So, for example, let's say that your strategy is, is the stock market, okay? Well, your best kind of income from the stock market might be long-term capital gains, which is taxed at 15%, or dividends, which are taxed at 15%, whereas short-term capital gain is taxed at 35 to 40%. So that's a different type of income. Let's say that your, your strategy is to invest in real estate. Well, as an active real estate investor, you might be able to get 100% of your deductions uh, deductible currently, whereas as a passive investor, you, you're going to have a, a more difficult time. So, you know, you give your, some, your money to somebody else. That's a passive investor, right, to, for them to invest. As a passive investor, they, you might have a more difficult time getting that deduction. You just have to, be, you just have to understand what different types of income are, and by the way, gifts are not income, so they're not taxable to you if you receive a gift or inheritance from your from from your family. Um, remember that, um, and I go over that in the book. But there are different types of income that are taxed at different rates. And when, once you build your wealth strategy, then you look at the tax strategy and determine what kind of income uh, do I want and how do I get it. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Tom Wheelwright. Uh, he is the CEO of ProVision, which is a CPA firm based in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, his website is ProVisionWealth.com. He's also done a book called Tax-Free Wealth, and there's a website for that, TaxFreeWealthBook.com. We'll be back after this. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Tom Wheelwright. He was a CPA, uh, head of ProVision, which is a CPA firm based in Tempe, Arizona. And he's done a book called Tax-Free Wealth, How to Build Massive Wealth by Permanently Lowering Your Taxes. Welcome back to the show, Tom. 
Thanks, Jordan. It's been uh, been great being here with you. Let's talk about an audit. Uh, most people fear an audit with the IRS. Uh, is, is that wrong, or, or how should people approach uh, the possibility of an audit for the IRS? Well, oh, well, I, I, I would never presume to, to tell somebody that their, their fear is wrong. I, I think they should fear an audit if they don't understand how to deal with one. I absolutely. I, I think an audit is maybe the scariest. I think an IRS audit is maybe the scariest thing other than death. And, and I'm not even sure it may be more scary than death. Uh, be, getting that, getting that, uh, white envelope in the mail from the IRS saying that you're under audit, that's a, that's a pretty emotional time. And I, let me, let me just give, uh, uh, one key, um, answer to handling an audit. And that is don't you ever handle the audit yourself. You should never as a taxpayer speak to an IRS, uh, a person, uh, at the IRS ever. Ever, you know, I, I mean, my my professionals, my firm, on average, have fifteen to twenty years experience. I've got thirty five years experience. I deal with the IRS every day. We deal with the IRS every day. Why would you ever deal with the IRS? Because you can give us a power of attorney to deal with the IRS on your behalf. So that is that. That's really the key to not being afraid of an audit. It's just understanding that you hire a professional. I mean, you, you think about it. If it, if, if you were to go up against an IRS auditor, that's like me playing, taking um, Kevin Durant on in a one-on-one, okay? Yeah. And that's just, that, that's a terrible idea. On the other hand, on the other hand, if you hire a good professional to handle your audit, that's like, I mean, the, the IRS auditor has, doesn't have nearly as much experience as we've got, and so we're going to, we, we've got, a, I mean, We've got a much better chance of success than you do, and and we know how to deal with them. I mean, I actually like dealing with IRS audits; they're, they're kind of fun um, because I I because I've got so much more experience than they do. It's it's totally an unfair advantage. So just don't deal with it yourself. Okay, uh, you say uh, that one of the best things about the tax code are uh, credits, and you say saving for your kids' college education is one of them. What are some of the key tax credits that people should take advantage of out there? Oh, there, there's just a ton, there, there are a ton of credits. Um, I, I think credits that people, um, geez, ones they don't take advantage of. I, I think there, there are a lot of education credits that are available right now that you need to make sure you take advantage of. Um, there are there are little unknown credits that there's some good. Um, uh, like I was looking at a coal credit where you can invest in, in, uh, clean coal. I mean, there's a lot of it has to do with what you're investing in, but there are also personal credits. I mean, for example, in Arizona, we've got, I mean, a lot of states have credits. Um, like we have a, uh, credit in Arizona for, um, we have a credit for the, the, um, uh, giving, giving money to schools. And for after-school programs, and that's just an awesome credit. And, and the nice thing about credits is they're dollar for dollar off your taxes. So uh, definitely, definitely check with your tax advisor about what types of credits you might be um, might, might be available to you. They should be taking uh, care of that for you um, for the most part. But there are just an enormous number of tax credits. Um, under current law, a lot of tax uh, rates change as of January first, two thousand thirteen. The so-called fiscal cliff uh, coming where. Right. 
dividends right. and capital gains and the state taxes, all kinds of things would change dramatically. What, yeah. what is your view of what's actually going to happen once we get to January 1st, and how are you going to uh, plan for that based on the, the tremendous amount of uncertainty about the situation? Well, first of all, you you have to tell me, you know, who's going to get elected in November, and then I can tell you the answer to that. Here's what we know. If, uh, if the current administration gets reelected, then tax rates will go up significantly come January. That, that cliff will happen. I, I don't think there's any question, particularly if they win in a sizable, by a sizable margin. Um, if, uh, if uh, Romney wins, on the other hand, I think that will be postponed. I think there will still be some increase. I mean, I, I, but I don't think we'll be immediate. I think they'll do something about it. Um, to make sure that doesn't happen. The economy is not stable enough. It, it would be really harsh on the economy to have that, um, to have that happen. But, uh, I, I think Obama's pretty clear that, uh, it is going to happen and he's going to let that happen if, uh, if he gets reelected. So, 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 uh, so how is it going to affect it? things going into that time? For example, will there be a lot of selling of stocks and real estate and various assets to capture the lower capital gains tax? Uh, I don't think that, I don't think there's any question, but but you know what I I, I don't know I, I I'm not a big fan of doing things for tax purposes I I, I don't like the tax tail to wag the dog I I really like to see people have a found uh, a, a a solid uh, foundation a solid um, investment and wealth strategy and then um, you know build. Do, do what's best from a tax planning standpoint around that. There, there's just tons that you can be doing right now to reduce tax. I'll tell you one thing that everybody should do, though. Everybody should do estate planning right now. Everybody should be doing estate planning. In other words, planning for your death or the death of your parents, you should be doing that right now. And if you're not doing that, be sure to call us. Be sure to get, get to our website, provisionwealth.com. Um, contact us. We can help you with that. That is something that... No question, no matter who gets re- gets elected in November, we are going to see changes in the estate tax, and there's a window of opportunity right now, and you need to take advantage of it. So that's the one one piece of advice I would give so to everybody. Explain that window. What do you need to do now before the end of the year, before estate tax? You, 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 you need to create an estate plan. You need to sit down with your tax advisor, and you need to create an estate plan. So you, you need to start gifting your assets. You need to get... Get your life in order. You need to get a, 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 um, a, a family trust or a living trust set up. I mean, all the estate planning you have to do, you need to do it between now and the end of December because we have what we have is we have a $10 million exemption right now for married couples that is scheduled to go down to $1 million, from $10 million to $1 million. And the, the chances of it going down are very high. I, I, I was shocked when Obama put that $10 million into place in the first place. And I'm mean, going to even be more shocked if it doesn't just go go right away on January 1st. So estate planning, we're in a hurry here, and people need to get on the on the ball and do and sit down with the tax buyer. Say, I need to do estate planning. Tell me what I need to do. Very good. My guest this hour has been Tom Wheelwright. Uh, he is the CEO of Provision Wealth Strategy uh, in uh, Tempe, Arizona. His website provisionwealth.com. Uh, his book is called Tax Free Wealth: How to Build Massive Wealth by permanently lowering your taxes, and the website for that is taxfreewealthbook.com. Getting a lot of good information. Thanks so much for being a guest on The Money Answer Show, Tom. Oh, thanks so much for having me. And, uh, you know, just one quick reminder, everybody can do this. 
you just need good advice, uh, feel free to call us, contact us, because we, we do have clients all over the world, all over the country, and we're happy to help any way we can. Very good. Thanks so much, Tom. And thank, thank you for you, listening. Uh, that's the end of the Money Answer Show, and we'll be back again with another edition of the Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.